Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Earners, what's up? Look, I wanna give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long-term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Bag drop.
<laughs> but you know, we grew up on the music, man. And our guest today, Bounty Killer, legend, one of the most iconic performers, legendary Bounty Killer. All right. There we go. He, he wasn't going to do it. I can do it for <laughs> So, you know, we grew up listening to so much music. Yeah. So when we came here to interview Usain Bolt, that was iconic within itself. Right. He's one of the greatest athletes of all time. And um, shout out to our guy, Alice Good Energy, and shout out to Safari. They put it together. Trip. They're like, yo, you want to interview Trip. Trip. <laughs> no, Trip. Oh, oh, I said it wrong. Yeah. Trip. There it is. Trip. Not street. <laughs> I bet street. Get it right. The man. boss is smoking. The boss is smoking. Yeah, yeah. So they, they trip. They set it up. <laughs> so shout out to the whole team and shout out to Donnie Kendall for being extremely generous with his time. Within a day notice, they agreed to doing it. And we right here. Shout out to Screechies. Screechy. Screechy best seafood, Best seafood. Where you know Safari is my brother. I want him a huge supporter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always rooting for me. So, oh, you okay. know. And then he knows the old connection of you and the music and yeah. growing up, so you know how much it meant. So he yeah. reached out to me, and then I saw Baby Sham last night. What they was doing in the day, so yeah. he just came once full circle. It's a perfect thing to do. Uh, uh, my family. This was what we doing thought. It. How more legendary could this trip be? We up to the notch. Yeah, we just up to the notch. That's a fact. So thank you for joining us, bro. I appreciate it. You're welcome, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, representing yeah. for the music and the culture. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it, appreciate yeah. it. So let's jump into this. So you call yourself the poor people's governor. Um, what makes you champion that? Like, what, what makes you take that title on? Well, I'm a poor person child. My parents came from humble beginning. I'm from the ghetto as well. Just like all these struggling kids in South here, I was one of them on the road not knowing where the next meal coming from. So I, I lived that life of the poor people. So when I came through and I start, first I started off, it was really singing about when I was a youth, I lived down the gully. I used to wear up and say, could I see my body? Enough girl pass and laugh off of me. So, so I was singing about my struggle. And then when I reached to the studio and I said, down the gully and them suffering, they never want to hear that. So when I said, the whole place mash up. <laughs> so I thought that was the thing to sing about, you know? Yeah, yeah. People dead and bullet and copper shot and all these things. So till I burst now, and the other cultural artists like Garnet Silk and Luciana, they, they was denouncing the gun songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they was trying to get the nation to sing more cultural music. So they said they're not sharing stage with the man who endorsing gun music. Hmm. And I know that this wasn't really exactly what I learned to do in music. The first set of music I was singing about was roots and culture and the suffering and the poverty. So I just go back and said, okay, they say they want roots, reality and culture. Roots, reality and culture. Long time me of it, but the world does suck. So. And then I started to say, the Lord is my life, my salvation. Mama, she's not in a good mood. And then, no, I did the one named Poor People Fed Up. So when I did that one, no, that was like one of my first real monster of social commentary. Had like don't you know how to get to one all those before, but the poor people fed up one, it was banned. So you know when they ban songs, it get more attention and yeah. cause controversy. So the song even get bigger. Because yeah. you can't ban music, you can't lock down music. Yeah, music yeah. is in the air. Yeah. So it just made the song bigger. And in the intro now, I said, this is Rodney Price, poor people governor. It's just a term I term to myself. This is Rodney Price, poor people governor. And fam, I said that in that song, 1995. 
the people kept calling me that. Mm. So it's a title that I took upon myself, but the people endorsed it. Is the people kept saying, poor people governor, poor people governor, and then now I'm always involved in charities and helping back young artists and doing back things for the country and the people whenever I can, however I can. So the people see me as a champion for them. Yeah. And I, I, I love that idea of championing for the people, because the people is who made me. That's why I'm always in Jamaica, because I'm just this Jamaican who rooted in this country and in this culture, and I have to stay awake and watch over the people, because the people's struggle and plight is mine. Mm. Yeah. So that's how the whole poor people governor thing sticks. Mm. And I kept singing, look into my eyes, and any time, and... I continued to do social commentary and I became a legend in that singing for the people, the voice of the voiceless. Yeah. Born as a sufferer. Born as a sufferer. All of those music, yeah, the ghetto yeah, yeah. dictionary. So that's what made them a poor people government. This, we, we see a lot of poverty, unfortunately, in, in Jamaica and all, a lot of different islands. What do you think can be some solutions to, to raise people out of poverty and and not have so much poverty, which leads to violence, which leads to all the other different things? Well, I think most of the countries, they are trying to build from the top. And you can't build a house from the roof. You gotta help the common man and the common woman. And I don't think the government trying to change their situation. They are trying to help their situation. It's like, they are trying to help me in the situation that I am, in, instead of trying to help me out. So they will assist you to go from one point to another in your situation, but they are not helping you to get out. Get out of it, yeah. Yeah. So the people have to think of self-reliance because there won't ever be a day when the government going to look out for everybody that don't go like that. No, it's never going to be like that. And they have to have the unfortunate ones to make they think like they can help them to be fortunate. That's how politics work. When everybody get fortunate, fuck politics. I don't want to hear from politicians. I got my house, my land, my car, my job, my family. But when you don't have all of these things, they come and say, fundamentally, I can give you hope. And I can, and then through your fucking situation, you listen. Hmm. I used to listen. No, I have no fucking interest. But when I was in the situation like the other people and the suffering ones, I used to listen. And I used to believe that might might be there could be hope. And mm. now I can see there won't be no fucking hope coming from those people. Cause their job is to make you feel like there will be hope, but they're not bringing no hope. Yeah. And that is for the hopeless. When there is no hopeless, they have nobody to ply on and to trick and fool. Mm. So they need poor people. So they create them and they motivate and cultivate them. Yeah. And then if you're not smart enough to know that they are creating you to be like this, you would be stuck. One, one of the things you said is that you're from Jamaica, you never left Jamaica. My, my family's from a generation where it was like, let's leave Jamaica and find success in America. You find now that more artists, more people of art, and even business men and women that have achieved success, they're staying here and try to uplift the island, develop the island more so? Yeah, because back in the days, there weren't so much opportunity and Jamaica wasn't looking so developed. So most of the people used to migrate, even the artists. Right. When they got their first two hit songs, they, they migrate and go live overseas. Well, in the 90s, things start to change. Jamaica started to develop and tourism and most things start to get better. And 
we got great visiting capacity and then we have big concerts, festivals, some fest and sting. We used to have everything in the 90s. We used to have some splash and some fest, both of them, plus sting. It used to be in Kingston, then it was in Montego Bay a few days after. They used to have champion in action, fully loaded. He used to have so much concerts, and Jamaica was booming in the 90s. So that's yes. when I came up, so I never had no interest to leave. <laughs> and then I was rooted with the people. And I see it like abomination or a sellout. If I should burst in Jamaica and then go live overseas, I, I, don't, I don't like that idea. Mm. If there is a situation where I have to do it, then it's different. But for me, to just like, okay, America looks in, looking better now because I'm a superstar. No, I can't do that. And then the climate and the food and the culture and the freedom in Jamaica, I don't know about nowhere in the world. I don't want to go nowhere else. I like this little place. Jamaica is a little paradise. I don't know if everybody discovered that, but yeah. for me, it seems like paradise. Yeah, so when you're making the music in the early 90s, we grew up in the 90s. Yeah. When you're making the music, you're making. are you making it authentically for the dancehall crowd here, or are you getting pressure to say, you know what, I need to make a hit that can cross over no. internationally. You're making it all when, when I was making music in the early 90s, when I'm just coming, it was rooted straight Jamaican talk and slang. I have no idea of what's going on overseas, because when I was growing up and learning music, there weren't no cable, there weren't no internet, and I never used to travel as a boy. And none of my family never used to travel, so I have no idea what's going on overseas. Mm. I'm authentically rooted in Jamaican culture and heritage. So everything I was saying was a straight for me and Jamaica. I, I never knew that the world was going to get aware of my music. I never even knew I was going to purse overseas. Mm. I was just trying to conquer Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, so when yeah. the music gets out in the world and then fan base start to build, that's when I start to consider, well, you got to make the music global, mm. make it things that relatable. And then now what I sing about is people struggle. And it's not only Jamaican struggle. People struggle all over. Banners are sufferer. It's not only Jamaican people suffer. Yeah. It's not only African people suffer. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indians suffer, Chinese suffer, white people suffer. You have all type of people suffer. Maybe black people suffer more. But in every nation, there is some struggling people. So I kept singing about, singing about the things that people live. Banners are suffer, down in the ghetto, poor people fed up. Look into my eyes. Tell me what you see. Can you feel my pain? Am I your enemy? You understand? So these things, global. Mm. And I wasn't even thinking that the struggle is global. But after when I get aware that my fan base got bigger, I realized, okay, it's real. It's life. Yeah, there's more people life living Life comes with struggle. Yeah. Only death is rest in peace. There is no live in peace. We live in struggle and ups and downs and trial and triumphs and that's life. Mm. And if you don't want to go through nothing, just lie and die. But if you <laughs> want life, well, you got to bear struggles. Yeah. And me think that struggle is strength. Because the dominance that I have is my struggle make. I can do it. When I hear you talk, it, it makes me think of this line. I think it was Lupe, Lupe Fiasco said, struggle, another son that God loves you. Like yeah. He's going to put his... True. Trumpet's test. He says, so suffer the children to come unto me. Yeah. And that's all God knows when you're faithful. When you suffer and you don't curse him. Yeah. And you still hold your faith and you still keep your moral. And you still stand with all your convictions. Despite what you're going through, you are who you are. Mm. And that's a true 
jam, a gem is just a gem. And, yeah. and that's me, despite what I've been through, I'm gonna be me. Yeah. And I tell it as it is, and I have nothing else to say, only the truth I can tell. Arash, shut my mouth. So coming up, you know, in the street and getting into music, what was your education as far as learning the business? Because I feel like a lot of creatives, America, Jamaica, whatever, they're talented, but they don't understand the business. And it's music business. Yeah. A lot of people get taken advantage of, get robbed. They don't have that money. Yeah. So well, how, how did you learn the business? Like, what's, what's your... Well, we paid a lot, you know. You know, you have to pay to learn. Sometimes you have to even get burned to learn. <laughs> so I got burned to learn. So bad, it, bad it, contracts. That, all of them stuff. We've been through all of that. Most of us have been through that, especially we from the 90s. Because today, you now we are more aware because we have internet and we have YouTube and we have Google and we Google all these information. Back in the days, we never had access to those. And people never used to try to edify artists about the business part. Mm. They groom you to be a good artist, but not to be the businessman behind the artist. So I signed bad contracts before. I lost some of my publishing, all those things. But when I was coming up, I aware that all of that was going to happen. But what I think I thought that he, I just want to bust. Mm. Despite what they took or take from me, after I burst, they can't take back me from the world. So it's just like, I'm, I'm going to pay an extra due or extra fee. You know, so mm -hmm. I pay a little extra percentage to get my break. But I wasn't worried about that because I know I was going to make it and I was going to stay. So I will recoup back all they took away from me one day. Mm. So it was really a rocky road. You understand? A lot of people mess up, never paid their dues. They never paid what rightfully mine. And I started to learn it. So is when I started to manage myself. Because when I just came out, my first real management team was Spectrum. And that's with specialists. Shabba Rankin, mm. Atra, Mad Cobra, Richard Stevens. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. same management team that I went under. And I wasn't getting the attention that I felt I should get. And then the contract, as you say, was twisted. It had recording, publishing, management, everything tied up in one contract like a Bible. Mm. <laughs> the contract was thick like this. <laughs> you understand? Yeah, they're going to do that so yeah. nobody's going to read it all. And then it even had power of attorney in it. Oh, wow. So yeah, it, that was a big breach. Wow. You understand? Yeah. And then, no, I never had an independent lawyer. They sent me to the company's lawyer. Mm. Yeah. So that was their lawyer, not my lawyer. Mm. So he was on their behalf. And all of that was forbidden. That was prohibited. Yeah. So I got out the contract easily. Yeah. So I, I, I left the company. So that was 1990, well, 1993 to 1994. 95 and then from 1995 I hadn't had official management it was just me doing my thing and then I had this woman named Louise Fraser Bennett she she passed away or may her soul rest in peace lovely lady who helped me and she was the one who really first started to teach me about the business Louise Fraser Bennett mm. So it was me independently managing myself and have people working for me as management, people who more experienced than what I never had a manager. So I was always getting a little information about the business because I was taking care of my business. And then I started to bring up scared and crew. 
1995, 96 scared them who came on the scene also. So I had to start to look out for their career and my career. So it forced me to start taking up managerial process. Yeah. So that's how I started to learn more about the business because I started to have careers in my hand, including myself. Yeah. And then Sharon Burke, me and Sharon Burke link up now, 1998. And then it was me, Sharon Burke, and Louise forming a little management team independently. People think that Louise was my manager. People think that Sharon was my manager, but they weren't really paid manager. They were acting as managers. Mm. But it's not like I was paying them as a manager. I was signing a contract as a manager. But we are close friends. We are like family. So they are a part of my team. So they, they play these roles. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So it was nothing officially, but it was what's happening. They were playing the management role because I never had an official manager. Yeah. And that was from 1995 until like 2000 and. 16 it's like four years oh, ago wow. now. So you, I, you have a manager now yeah <laughs> i officially apply a manager yeah. now that's, that's paul Giscom, funky yeah he is from spectrum too he was my first road manager when i went to spectrum 1993 yeah so he's very experienced and then he knows me from i was a young star he was the one who first started grooming me. The first time I went on a plane, he was the first one who signed up my farm and said, well, this is first class. <laughs> so only he's way. like a mentor to me. Yeah, the only way. You yeah, understand? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. despite me and the company fall out back then, we, we still did have good relationships. Just We're go still friends. Because yeah. me especially still friends. Me and Babsy were still friends because it, it wasn't no animosity. It was just a case where this wasn't right and this wasn't done properly. So you know what? I'm going to book it. And then, no, I was kind of overshadowed by Shabba, Patra, Cobra, Richard Seen, all these people had big international success at the time. Right, right. And right. I was on the merge, but I wasn't on the level as them. So, you know, I'm like a little fish in the water or something. So, opening that. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't getting that full attention and I was on the verge to merge. Yeah. So, I needed that attention now yeah. to make my fucking mark. Yeah. You understand? And they wasn't seeing the wave coming. So it's when I leave 1994, 95, 96, and I put out the My Experience album. When I went to New York, Johnny Wonder, me and Johnny Wonder partner. Yeah. So it was me and Johnny Wonder and Louise Fraser Bennett and Sharon Burke, all of us together, have a little managerial team. Johnny Wonder became the head of it because he was more experienced in the distribution and he got me a, a, a label deal with TVT records and between TVT and TVT yeah. that's Little John? No, that's um that? they had oh, Little John label. Yeah, yeah, Little John, yeah, yeah. Little John was yeah, that was a label who came yeah, out of Little John. Yeah, all of them was on TVT, yeah. TVT tunes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a big label. Because you're saying ninety five and I keep hearing ninety five and I'm feeling like right after ninety five is when you're out of here. Yeah, like that's the merge. Here. Yeah, that's like when we, the merge came. We're hearing you in New York radio. Yeah, that's and when I get the rebirth, 1995, yeah. 96, right in there. And one of the other things is that... The cellular phone song, the excuse boss, my cellular phone, that was a buzz in New York on the Shook One Part 2 remix. Bobby Bobby them started they playing that and at ninety seven. Bobby Wonder. Bobby, Bobby Trends. Bobby Trends. Bobby Bobby Conders. Bobby, Bobby Conders. Conders. Yeah, and Red Alert. 
Yo, you know, and, and David Levy, those people, yeah. Gil Bailey, all of those people, the early people. <laughs> rocking you, yeah. rocking you, rocking yeah, you. Yeah, like DJ Roy, Roy all of those people, Dubmaster, all those people was pumping the bounty killer. That was the evolution, and King Adi sound now yeah. came in the mix. Lockdown Brooklyn. Every sound system dead. <laughs> when they turn on the bounty killer barrage. Yeah, and then Johnny Wonder hooked me up with the Fuji's. Yeah, 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 and then that. Bobby Condor remixed the suicide or murder with Jarul the Damager. Jarul the Damager. Jarul the Damager. When the heat is in the house, oh my God. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 93. That summer, 1996. So, right there was the evolution of Bounty Killer in New York. Yeah. When I come with that Fuji shit and that suicide murder, and then 1998, no, when I get that fucking mob deep shit, it's over. Then his own shit, it, war zone it become. <laughs> yeah. So that that relationship, mob deep, leads to to the other relationships because you know, like you're one of the first guys to really cross over with hip hop artists at that level. Yeah, because I was watching Supercat. Super uh, I was watching. Shabarangs and Kiaris one, and I like the whole merge of the culture. Yeah. And I was saying, yeah, this is exactly what we want to do. And then we see Shine it, and we see Heavy D. Yeah. And we see, yo, exactly that I want to do. And then when I woke up with Johnny Wonder now, he was a hip hop head from Brooklyn. And then he, he telling me about this girl named Larry Neal. Them time they I never even know about the Fuji's. It was Johnny Wonder. We know about Larry Neal because she was in the movie. Mm -hmm. So we know about this nice vocal and everything. So it was Johnny Wonder telling me about that. If we get her on a hook, because we know the patwa wasn't so popular. So we wanted something with hook or a rapper to do that American shit. And then we do the yard <laughs> shit, that merch. Yeah, so they say, we're going to check Larry now. We went over there and then that's when I met Wycliffe. And then he was more excited now because he was in the reggae shit yeah, more than Larry. Yeah. He said, what about him? We all got to be on the track. Because it was really a Larry Neal track we went to do. Yeah. And Whitecliffe insists, no, it's going to be a Fuji bounty killer track. That's how we end up with the whole three Fujis on a song. Because yeah. nobody never got that. That's the only song yeah. featured the whole feed. There's nobody got a feature from Fujis with the whole group. If you check by the history. Yeah, this is the height of it. It's the only yeah. feature the Fuji's does that the whole three of them is on it. Mm. I was blessed and I never went for that. I could not pay for that. We never pay for that. The label came afford that. Mm. It was 1996, you know, when they just dropped the score. The score, yeah. The biggest group the in the world. Diamond. Classic, classic, diamond. classic album. Yeah. So diamond. it was just the love and the, the whole passion they have for dancehall. Why I got that track, you know. Because I couldn't play it. They was on top of the world at the time. When we go there, I said, we do collaboration. <laughs> they could have run me out the place. But they said, oh, shit. <laughs> if you listen to the intro, White Lips said, Bounty Killer and who? He, he was so fucking electrified. <laughs> that, that's why he sang that fucking wicked hook. Yeah. Everybody go hard on the track. If you listen to the track, each one of the hardest featured. Yeah. They ever did it. And it came naturally. Everybody was gassed. They know this was gonna make a mark in the culture. Yeah. That's why we end up with the bomb. And the, the well, they all appear in the video. Top it off. To top it off. Yeah. That's, that's the power of the culture. That's the Leg power of the culture. Legendary. So power let, me, the culture. let me ask you this about the culture. Like Jamaican's influence has been 
transported all over the world. Like, yeah. I used to live in Hawaii, and it was crazy. I would see, they were listening to Bob Marley and Ziggy Marley, and <laughs> white people with dreadlocks and Rastafaras. Like, I'm like, and, and of course, in New York and Canada and Europe. But how do you feel about that? Um, because a lot of people have said that the it's the same thing with hip-hop culture. The culture has been exported, but the people that started the culture hasn't really capitalized on it. They haven't really... Well, you can't wrong people to be influenced by the culture. That's our fault. You're the one who put your culture out to the world, and then when people like it, you're going to call them culture vulture, or you're going to say they don't give you no respect. That's not their problem. You are the one to make them know that you are the curator. When, when, when things create and put in the world, I'm not the one to find the inventor. The inventor is supposed to pattern his things and put it out in the world. Mm. And you understand? I like good things and I saw good things I supposed to find out who create it. No, I'm finding out how you enjoy it. That's <laughs> supposed to be my problem. You understand? So as you say, they are the one who's supposed to claim their culture and let it known that this is our culture. But you're not supposed to have any problem with people loving the culture. And if the culture is attractive, People will love it, and they should love it. And when people love your culture, it makes me feel like they're loving me. I don't know about nobody else. Yeah. When I see people loving Jamaican culture, I feel like they're loving a part of me. Mm -hmm. So it makes me feel acceptable yeah. and feel loved. So I love it. I have no problem with it. I want the culture to be sold all over the world. So I'll go back to the music for a second. We're talking about culture and crossing cultures. Mm -hmm. 2002, you do the song with No Doubt. Yeah. Hey, baby. Mm, that's my biggest biggest record biggest of the record. career. Grammy yeah. Award. Yeah. What was that moment like going from the, the young man who was singing about Born as a Sufferer? Yeah, the Super Bowl. Yo, no, that was no, that was electrified. You know, hey, electrified. You know, let's let's talk about it. What was no, that moment like? That that was the moment that I know that yeah, I'm a superstar now. <laughs> no, that's the moment I know I'm a real superstar. I know I was a star, but I became a superstar right there. Two moon man. MTV Award, Grammy Award, Top of the Pops in London, Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. That's that's the big lead right yeah. up there. Yeah, so that was really the epitome of my career in my head so far. Yeah, and I hope to do more and better. But <laughs> that was the best moment, being on the Super Bowl, rocking it. Yeah, that's the nicest thing. You have the flashback right now. Yeah. So, how was that? I mean, we we never interviewed anybody that's performing on the Super Bowl. How? Yeah. What's the feeling like? That's the biggest stage in the world. 100 million people watching. 60,000 people. No, and tell you what, 2002, I never know what the fuck it was. You didn't even know what it was. You, you didn't know what it was. I know it was Super Bowl. You know, you big. Know I never know how big that shit were. <laughs> I never really assess it and process it. Cause tell you what, I wasn't gonna go. How did, how did they get you back? How, what do they say? It's like, look, this is this moment. You need to be a part of this. This is the biggest song in the world. They was doing the American Music Award. Yeah. I declined. They was doing some other shows. I declined. Everything me declined. Me upset, me mad. Then I have this friend named Julian who works with me now. He was the one who convinced me that, yo, there was once opportunity like this called Once Upon a Time in Dance Hall, you had action. That year, when that song was at, with Terror Fabulous and Nadine Sutherland, 
Terror Fabulous was on Delicious Vinyl label. Mm -hmm. That was in the 90s, like yeah. about 94, 95. And they wanted Terror Fabulous on the Super Bowl with Nadine to come sing that song. Mm. And Terror Fabulous declined. And then now, because Terror Fabulous career kind of fall from grace, my friend and Kevin say, hey, dog, mind bad luck, you know. <laughs> the last man forget that I, I'm not do it. It went they know, blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> Yo, the man put up degrees and foundation on the head start. Yo, God damn, tell them I came out Super Bowl, me thinks I want football match, you know. <laughs> what a match, move your blood clad, me came out a match. Ray, Ray, me didn't even know say, I had the match of the world, this. Yo, and the man convinced me and tell me one bag of sitting now and make me feel bad and say, Yo. One day this could happen to me too. <laughs> Super Bowl bad luck. I see if I was a game at Jolie and bring up them something in my head. And we say, all right, yo, we are going to do it. Jolie and convince me to do it, man. And we say, all right, we are going to do it. And we go do it and go do top of the pops, two things we do with them. And then now, when we take a stop, them didn't make me sign one piece of something. When we look, it turned two pages. Like, you know, when I release for yeah. But it turned two pages and it was a one page me signed. And for the next part of publishing on her back. On her publishing? Take your publishing? Yo, the man turned this up. Me boy, deep. Where my name? Give me Steve. Where my name? The boy turned it not two pages when he go for Caesar and publishing in night. Mm. So it become a riff now, you know. Yeah. A big war again, you know, yeah, publishing yeah. war, you know. So, you know, say a liar, California, me have a call now. I'm I, I, I retain them $25,000 now. And one bag of sitting now, and the it go to court and all these things. And I got my face here. <laughs> but it was one big something yeah. from the video to the publishing struggle. But we all good now. That's <laughs> most important, because yeah, everybody get the right for so the after, after the Super Bowl, like, was it just crazy, like the show, Every your prices increased, everybody's just... Yeah, crazy. yeah, you know, attentions and... Attentions. Yeah, crazy. everything. You mentioned everything gone up. After the Super Bowl and getting the Grammy and that year, I nominated twice. Because I had my album released the year also, Get a Dictionary. That's my last recording album. Yeah. So it nominated in the reggae category, the Get a Dictionary. And then I was in the pop category with No Doubt. So it was two categories I was nominated at once. Mm. And I'm the only Jamaican artist ever nominated in two categories on the same show. So I won with no doubt in the pop category and I lost to Lee Scratch Perry in the reggae. And if I did one, two Grammy won, no sir. One time, that would have been too much. We can't manage <laughs> to be on two Grammy from one Grammy show, no sir. And I like Sheba, we go back to back. One. Gross? No, sir, that would have too much. You wouldn't be no more Grammy boy. So I just win the one with no doubt, and then Lee Scratchberry took the Grammy for the reggae, which was fair enough, one for one. Either way. Yeah, yeah but that was a great moment in my, my career still, despite all the, the indifferences that yeah. we had. And from the beginning of making the song, it was a struggle still, because when they came, the producers, it was Sly and Robbie who called me. And said, yo, no doubt he's in the country. They, they want to do a collaboration. Said, no doubt. Own him, sir. Because <laughs> them times I don't know about no doubt like that. Yeah. And, you understand? I, I might hear the name, but I never know the music. Because yeah. I'm not too into rap music like that. I listen it, but it's not my type of music. Like, fancy, if you know them special artists, 
If yeah. they are big Popeye rock song, I will know it, but I won't go search them. If them burst big international and them come across, we no. know them over here. Right. So I, we heard the name, never know the status. So you know, you go look them up. Oh, a big group, cool, all right. 10 grand more. <laughs> Price going up. Price goes up. Yeah, a big group. On a chip on fry. A big label interscope and this thing. Telescope and all type of thing. I said, all right, 10 grand. So I Robbie said, them said, no, they only can pay two. Me saw the bomber class. Me said 10 and them said two. Or oh, you move from 10 to two so quick. <laughs> no, man, tell them move them blood clot. I eat them, man, for you can't eat Jamaican hungry. Pussy yeah. one man said, I want 10 grand a year for them two. That's a disrespect. <laughs> Hang up my phone. <laughs> Slide them, call back. Killer, you ride still in a boat. I saw it going, you know, it's through our music. It don't have that exposure and these opportunities. They, they, they really golden. Because back in the days when we are come, because like I tell me when he might come, I never met music with some Stevie Wonder and some, 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 some Grace Jones and some Ray Ray, some big label. They never really get in a paid for profile. Yeah. But you get your rights. Wish, lead up to your pension today and then you get your recognition. Your name was mentioned, so build your track record. That's why they could come back for Sly and Rabbit today. Because mm -hmm. the type of music that they made back then. Yeah. So he's saying we never get a front up here or a upfront advance. But see what it does for us. It set the track record for we. So sometimes you have to just shut your eye and, and just go for the pipe. Mm. And them now, am I a mentor? And my party, them and how I look at pioneers that we grew around, and we look up to them. Anything them tell me is golden. Mm -hmm. So, me make sure, let's put my old vibes aside and say, all right, so I said, do it to us. I mean, about I want the 2000, I keep the 2000 free. I, I would just go record it for nothing. Yeah. That's why God made that song brought so much success. Because I never even bought a 2000. Because we deliberately come and just run them over the two thousand. We can't say, all right, give me it now. You look like idiot. You mad? Keep that, man. Do the song, man. <laughs> yeah, we do the song for free. Instead, because they don't want to pay 10, and I don't want to take two. So you will fuck the money shit. It's like, say, let's do music, because music paying the future. And see, they pay in the future. Yeah. So, so you did that song for free? Yeah, I never bought to take the 2,000, because I think it's a disrespect. Disrespect. And then Sly say, you know why? It's not about the money. It's about just making the music because yeah. it lasts. Your kids come grow and live after it in the future. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened now. It's a fucking legendary classic. Yeah, you stood on that. that I'm not mm -hmm. taking the two and, and look what it turned yeah. out. Because once you take the two, now that sets your price. Yeah, yeah I'm down. not a two guy. No, no, I'm not a two dollar guy. <laughs> I'm not a two guy. <laughs> and then, uh, music is bigger than the money. So you know what? Let's yeah. just do this shit for the vibe. That's why I came up with cards. It never for the money. It was just for the fucking opportunity. So I said, this is an opportunity. Don't make it pass. And picture if I didn't make that pass. Right, right. Let me ask you this, because Jamaica has a, an interesting history with music and politics. Even going back <laughs> to Bob Marley, I believe he, got, yeah. he was shot over politics. Yeah. Why is it so intertwined and why is there so much friction 
when it comes to the music, politics, politicians using musicians, politicians banning certain music. Yeah, politics. because they, they, they want to get to the people and then they know certain music inside the, 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 the reality of life and certain things and they don't want the people to be aware. So they like to ban music and then they like to use artists to influence the people. Mm. So they, 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 they use them as advantage and disadvantage. So that's how it goes. It's the power of the music. Yeah. It gets to the people quick. Then politicians go on the radio, the TV talk. Nobody listening to me, number four. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> if killer they on the TV, everybody stays up. So they love to interact music and politics. They're using the Especially Jamaican politicians. You know, overseas, they don't do fuck with the music or the politics. Jamaican love use the music and the politics. That's why they try to hurt Bob Marley. Because Bob Marley was trying to unify the people. And they don't want that. Because some people might think that Bob Marley was on a specific side or trying to divide. They never know that Bob Marley was trying to unite PMP and GLP and that's why he got shot. It's not because he was like taking side with anybody. It's because he was saying unify everybody. And they did not want that. Because they were the CIA and they were, what them name? The communists. Yeah, for sure. Communists, communists. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they thought they thought Jamaica was going to turn to communist country. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's CIA why took, they took hurt him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they wanted. They want the friction because they know that Bob Marley is trying to unify the people, and they don't want that. They want to get rid of the communists. And then through Bob Marley is singing about the CIA and exposing them. Rat race. They don't like Bob. They think oh, our tech side. With the communist country, he must sing against CIA and in the second communist. Mm. But it was coming on to there, he must say everything. But it was really the, the CIA who was really bringing in the guns. Mm. And the communists, both sides, they was battling for Jamaica. That's all the fight and the violence begun. It, it it's a political the, the thing. The communist versus CIA. Yeah, it's a political thing. Yeah. That's how gang so they, violence they started. Both, they're arming both sides. That's, that's what lead up to gangs in Jamaica today. Okay. Only two gangs start to do it from their own now. They're not doing it for CIA or for, for communists or for KMP or GLP. I bust my gun from my own intention now. I don't like the boy, I don't like the girl, I don't like this because um, we have guns. So we start using it for our own purpose. But first it came in as that purpose. Yeah. CIA and communists fighting, GLP and where, where, where and PMP yeah. fighting each other. That's a, that's it's, it's crazy. That's very similar. Because I remember Tupac was saying that: give them guns, step back, watch them kill each other. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. Yeah, right. they let go the gun in the country and see them and watch where kill off each other now. Yeah, and them can't stop the violence. Yeah, because they are not helping the people to understand life and the value of it. Because yeah. when people illiterate and people now have the understanding and people uncivilized. Them now go act like me and you. Mm. And them now make everybody come up properly and show everybody a, a good upbringing. So you can't expect everybody to act according. Yeah. People have to go to school and learn the golden rule to not act like a fool. And it's not everybody get the opportunity to go to school to learn the golden rule and know not to act a fool. And then you want everybody to come and act according like other people who go to school. No. Mm. Ones who don't go not gonna act according. And you leave them at the wayside. That's yeah. how the government works. And they are not doing nothing to help youth. There is not enough youth programs here. Right. You understand? Yeah. Disconnected youth, there is nothing for them. You have 
state of emergency, SOE, all these things, but you know, have no state of urgency trying to help the younger ones who are not into violence or close to being violence on the wayside and try to catch them before. But as soon as they become wanted, man, they, they, they start to look for them. Them famous, no police are look for them. But when them down there, try and make it like he's like a kid who trying to sell. Nobody doing anything. So you said that people don't have the opportunity, like children specifically don't have the opportunity. Is that not because enough. of, of a, a structural, there's not enough facilities to hold it? Or, because I, I mean, having Jamaican parents school was There like is facility stress. to hold them. Yeah, but so. there are not enough people reaching out to them. Okay. And they, they, they are not doing programs to help the unfortunate and the less fortunate and the ones who are falling out of springs and all them things. We used to have a program like art program, something named Jamal class, like people who fall out of school before time could go back and catch up and all these things. We don't have most of them programs. We don't have enough sport program. Most community don't even have a community center for us to go and recreate mm -hmm. and have a little fun. They don't even have a little park. No vocational schools, but they no can learn recreational skills. vibes. Yeah. So it's too much disconnected people in the country, man. It's like everybody left on them home. So they act selfish and savagely. Mm. The, the love is weak in Jamaica right now. Yeah. Loving each other, looking out for each other. It, it is, it, it's disconnected. Especially with COVID now, it's like you're, you feel like you're on your own. We, we hear a lot about uh, China's influence in Africa and now China's influence in Jamaica. I think they just brought the, uh, the airport. Um, well, China influences all over the world still. You know? <laughs> <laughs> They're powerful. You know? They're ambitious. I can't even do nothing with Chinese. I might don't like the idea of them owning all these things, but tell you what, who, who wouldn't want to own if they can own all these things? You understand? And it's not their fault if they own whatever, because his people gave them the opportunity. If they saw the opportunity, who's not going to execute it? You understand? Uh, so, kudos to China. You understand? They, they, they taking over the world. I can't deny them. That's why you see Donald, they have to rush them and say, at least they come out Americans. Because <laughs> he saw it. Uh, you understand? So somebody have to take a stance. Yeah, but what are your thoughts on the, the political climate of that, right? There could have been, I'm sure, a celebrity or businessmen and women here in Jamaica that Perhaps had been given the opportunity to buy the airport, may have done it. Yeah, but they don't want to. That's how Jamaicans stay. Right. I'll tell you what now. Jamaicans, few of us invest in Jamaica. Ah. Because all of these things, Jamaican, they could have buy them. Right. They could, just like how Butch Stewart did take over here, Jamaica, in the early 90s. That's when here, Jamaica was booming. Not mm -hmm. Caribbean. Here, line away to one name. No, no, it named here Jamaica. It was Butch Stewart who bailed out the airline. Even when the dollar stuck up one night time, it was same Butch Stewart who bailed out the dollar again. Another billionaire Jamaican. And you have hundreds of thousands of them in the country. Right. But they don't make those things be no issue for them. Mm. It's just like Michael Leachin and Butch Stewart and a yeah, couple Michael, of the yeah. businessmen yeah. will take up this challenge for the country. But yeah. if all the rich billionaire and millionaire who is here did really think like the country is our business too and try to help run the country, because right. they know the politicians are doing themselves a favor by mm. getting what they can get and take what they can take. Right. So they don't really come to uplift no country. Mm. So we can't wait for the politician. Nothing now going to change. It's been 
over nearly how much years? Since we only look a boy. Forty odd years, I see the politician then and nothing to change. Mm. It's the same approach. They are not for the people. Let me ask you this as far as the music. A lot of people that's not familiar with the culture, they think all Jamaican music is reggae. But obviously it's reggae and dance hall. And I feel like reggae now, not a lot of reggae music is coming out. It's more dance hall. Where before, like when Bob Marley, that was more reggae. Yeah, no, but them time, there were no dancers. That was the music. That was like, all right, the music came from Skia, Rocksteady. Mm -hmm. it, it changes mood and temper. So the tempo and the mood has changed. It was some something more feel like rock and roll. And then they change it to rock steady, reggae vibes. And then they come to reggae, the Bob Marley vibes. You understand? So it's just the era. All of it is reggae music. Right. Jamaican music is reggae, reggae music, music, but right. you have different era of the music. It's just like rap and hip-hop. You understand? Because hip-hop and rap music is the same yeah. thing. It's just certain era described as the rap era. Yeah. So, it come to rubber dub. It was first rubber dub before it come to dancehall. In dub? the 80s, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Late 70s and early 80s. When King Jammies and John Jolaz, Volcano Sound, King Jammies Sound, Sugar Miner, with Youthman Promotion and Steely and Cleavy with Silver Arc and Bobby Digital with Heat Wave, all of those great producers and King Tubbies. It was really King Tubbies who were bringing the rubber dub style, Sly and Robbie them, bringing the up tempo reggae now. And that you make, excuse pass with boom, 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 boom. It's still reggae. He can hear that bass line and jump shit, but it's a little faster. Yeah. He put the dance into it, now you can't hold a girl and bubble. You understand? <laughs> so it's rubber dub, and yeah. then we come in in the 90s and tweak it yeah. and call it dance all over them coming and put on it. It's just a tempo step up a little bit, but yeah. if you check it, it's so, the same thing. It's just the mood swing. So you just say, like, this is the 90s reggae, yeah. and this is the 2000s reggae. Just like when you see they're doing all these trap shit fuckery now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Jamaican, no, no. even, that's no, not no. even Jamaican music. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So it's just the era, so that's a 2000 part of the reggae, and this is the 90s part, and this is the 80s, and this is the 60s. So that's how I describe it. But I call Jamaican music reggae for true. What's your favorite era? My favorite era? Yeah. Well, my favorite era was when I was a boy in the 80s when I was learning it. My favorite era is not me because I'm not my favorite artist. Yeah. I never learned this from listening to me. I learned this from listening to greats. So that was my greatest era when I was listening to man like Brigadier Jerry, Charlie Chaplin, Josie Whale, <laughs> Super Cat Yellow Man, <laughs> General Trees, and Super Papa San and Stitchy and all the greats coming up to Shabba Ranking, Ninja Man, Super Cat, Nicodemus, those are the golden era for me. Because yeah. everything I'm doing now, that's where I got inspiration from. So the era for me was what inspired me. And that was it, 70s, late 70s, 78, 79, straight to the, the early 80s. Those were the golden era for me. One of the most iconic moments of the last year, 
was your versus battle with Beanie Man. <laughs> Shut down the yeah, whole world. Can, Shut down the yo, whole can world. Can we get a round of applause for that moment, please? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you talking about Corona? My parents didn't even know how to use Instagram. They were we, watching. We sat and watched that together. <laughs> I, they haven't been so proud in so long. Thank you. Yeah, man, you're welcome. No, that was really a great moment. I like it. I enjoyed it. I was having mad fun. Yeah, it was a lot to let up. I know y'all had issues. So how did that how did that lead up to, to resolving the issues but then also performing together? That's your own oh, well, first time well, performing together, we, right? We had resolved our issue sometime before ago. that. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it was it was so easy to okay. do the verses. Cause we've been doing a couple collaborative show okay. a couple of years before. Yeah. And we, we, we grew up now. We used to be against each other coming up. It does best to be for each other going up. You understand what we are going to do? Do that till we die? Nah, man. So we used to be rival and now we are idols. So we put that aside. <laughs> He's no more rival. He's just being idols. You understand? Yeah. And then now we learned that this became a legendary competition. And people from younger generation want to see it again. Yeah. It's not every class people want to relive. Right. It's not everyone so interesting and so enticing and in, you know excitement yeah. and they want to see it over and over like a movie. Some yeah. clash boring that done and it just done. Yeah. <laughs> people just like to see Bunty and Beanie do it over, over and over every time. Yeah. I realized this become a business and then. When Bounty and Beanie perform, it's more than when Beanie perform or when Bounty perform. It's always something to talk about. Yeah. So Bounty and Beanie do something for Bounty and Beanie, you know. Yeah. So you know this is a good thing for Bounty and Beanie. Yeah. So Bounty and Beanie have sense them for make this thing stay as it can be. Yeah. Make it a classic performance. And then people always, see, even now we're going to Spain in October. You, uh, and that's yeah, all they that's wanted, nice. yeah. Bounty Killer and Beanie Man to do that versus something. I was yeah, going to ask you, yeah. if you're going on tour. <laughs> no, together. we're not going on tour. Because through the corona and the place is just okay. kind of easing up, little restriction all over the world. Yeah. But as soon as the world is reopened, hell yeah, we will be on tour. So yeah. you, you had a relationship with Swiss prior. So when he, when yeah. he made that call, was it easy? Like, it was easy. Of it was it. not. Because okay. as I told him, and Beanie has really reconciled and we go and then switch call. It, it was just perfect. All we tell him, say, the issue, we have to be in the same room. And that was the first time. Y'all changed the yeah, way yeah, they did no, that We insist it has to be like that. That's the only issue I had. I told them if it's not going to be in the same room, can't we do can't it. do it. I right. don't know about that style. I have to look in the guy's face and tell him my mind. <laughs> I can't good. look at a screen. Look. I don't class screen. <laughs> Yo, do that shit. Here's the question everybody wants to know, right? Look a man is yes. eyes. When the cops walk in the room, Beanie Man is still on screen, Bounty Killer, where'd you go? I never go, I step away off the camera. <laughs> I never left the room. I step off the camera. Because I was mad as fuck. And what I'm about to say wouldn't be good. So you know I make Beanie deal with that part. Beanie can nice it up. You wanna be like guy and be in the perform it off and make it seem like would I tell him some bum. You wanna be that guy. Because why am I doing that? So I had no right to come in there. Right, right. And right. we don't need no permit to be on a private property. Right. Even if it's after curfew, we are on a private property. Right. And you need permit for coming here. Okay? That's how I would I tell him. When there is a curfew, it means you cannot go on the government street. 
it don't mean you can't be inside your business place or your private property conducting your private business. Oh. You understand? I hype him, I dream, says camera and IG and the whole hype in a Jamaica and the whole, I remember the whole euphoria in the country. Yeah. Him does want to come get peace out and him get peace. <laughs> but me never like when big time never had to come and scream. Right, right, and right. And there was right, a group right. of people with the managers I'm and sad. everybody who conducting the thing just like we have a team. So yeah. you don't have to come on camera to talk about what's going on here and you saw what's going on. Yeah. It's bound to have been doing some recording. Yeah. And you walk right into it. That was disrespectful. Yeah. Maybe that's what he did that. Wicked! <laughs> what, was, what was the reaction here after that moment that went into that? I, I watched it three times the day after. What was the reaction like here, being here? The same reaction all over the world. It's the same vibe. It's one electrifying vibe. People kept talking about that. Even today. I got the playlist. Yeah, they, they don't miss it. It's a big thing for them. And they even watch it, even what the, the anniversary, Labor Day again. Yeah, they watch it because they repost it and say anniversary and they go watch it again. <laughs> One year after, they're still watching it. Rightfully so. Yeah, so that was legend. Big right. up the verses, Switch and Tim. They, they, they did a great, us. they changed the game with that. Yeah, man, that was something great. And even now, after, it's going to be a big thing even after the pandemic. Yeah. Because yeah. something that necessary, because not everybody goes out. Right. And then some of the artists that they're taking to verses, they're not even active anymore. Yeah, right, right, right. So you wouldn't even get the chance to pay to see them. Right. Yeah. So it's not just current artists. When they go back for the Bobby Brown now and the kids sweat one day and it's crazy and they never know who you're going to see in Versus. That's right. You understand? Right. It can be Soulja Boy and Bobo. <laughs> and then it can be Lox and Dipset. You just <laughs> never know. Who, who you got, Lox and Dipset? But you know, the locks are murderer, man. Dipset can't mess with the locks. No disrespect. So now one for it. Dipset is a hot group, but not like the locks. Come on, man. And he's not no biggie. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> they know. Jada Kiss is a dead kiss. They know that. Kiss a dead. They can't mess with Jada. <laughs> Nobody over there can mess with Jada Kiss. That's, like me. That's a fact. As a slaughterer. He's a killer. And I know he's one. <laughs> no. Killers respect killers. That's yeah, why yeah, no, they're, the they're two good groups. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, if you're gonna say who's gonna like have the edge, he has to be the lux. Yeah, the lux. That's a fact. Uh, let me ask you this: as far as Afrobeats, Afrobeats is real big right now, and I see a lot. Of, I hear a lot of the influence from Jamaica, you know, in the Afrobeat. What's your What's your thoughts on Afrobeat? It's exceptional. I love it, and I'm so happy for Africa. Africa loves every music. And then Africa finally got an international sound across. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they finally has their identity musically. Just like when you hear reggae music or when you hear hip hop, you know it's New York, or when you hear reggae, you know it's Jamaica. Or when you hear Afrobeat, you just know that's Afro. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I don't know about nobody, but Afrobeat is sweet to me. Yeah. And yeah. I even have an Afrobeat song coming on my new album. Well, I was going to ask you about your new that's album. Yeah, 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 I got what's, Afrobeat. Imagine what's next. Talk about that. Talk about the new, the new, the new music oh, that you have coming. Yeah, well, my new album called King of Kingston, it, it, it's close to complete. But I have so much idea because it's 18 years since I've done an album. So 18 years? Yeah, you know, when you have so many space in your head now and so much musical thoughts and development... It's hard to just make an album easy, the first one. <laughs> After this one, maybe I can just make two more easy now, but the amount of things I need to be done from 18 years ago musically, and the amount of people that I should have collaborated with. Yeah, that, that's why I want. So it's deep. You're the king of reggae collaboration. So who is somebody that you haven't worked with yet that is on the list like, I need to get them on this album? Barris. Barris, um, 
Very same. Yeah, that's one that on the list that that's I have. Yeah. Very C is the maestro, the boss. Yeah. Yeah, he's the king of love of rock. Yo. So I've been very sunny to be grand. Yeah, but I got some good collaboration. I always wonder why like my favorite artist is Nas. And Nas, my artist. He takes so he's one long of my favorite. To, he takes so long to make music. It frustrates me sometimes. You don't rush, you don't rush. He's yeah, a perfect. But I always wonder why great musicians take so Yeah. Like you say you eighteen years, like it's just like people can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. why? why people, I never took 18 years. I just but he, never, but, but never even like to make Kendrick album. Lamar, not yeah. that long, but a lot of a lot of great they, they artists. Why it's why really why Junior going to even come and gas me up and him and Robert Livingston, those two men all these are telling about album. And then since my visa has been canceled 10 years ago, that's what I really killed my vibes. To come to America? Yeah, yeah, I can't go to America. I haven't been there 10 years now. I don't even know why the shit they, they cancel the visa. Why, why they? Yeah, I was ask why. I only have a little weed charge. It <laughs> couldn't be no weed charge because I had a, I had a weed charge in 1997, and then when I came back to Jamaica, I went to the embassy, and they canceled the visa that I had, and they gave me something in waiver. Mm. So they waived that shit. And I've been traveling on a waiver since 1997 up to 2010, 13 years. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the wave does not wave in anymore. I don't know what's going on. Because mm. I haven't done anything else. As I said, it was one week charge and I got a waiver. And I've been traveling on it. Then all of a sudden, the visa does cancel. And they're saying the week charge. So you could travel mm. just not to America? <clears throat> yeah. We need not we need to Canada, to not to the UK either. Oh wow! Oh wow! I can't go to three, Europe. That's the three biggest markets. Yeah, they're fucking up my shit. That's why I'm too making certain music because I like to go tour. I like to go look in the people's face. I like to go bring the music to the people. And I never know about streaming and all these things and online marketing, physical copy I sold. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a new America, thing now. After adjust. Yeah. And get into this online market shit, yeah. so that's why I'm just making the album. Yeah, but streaming now it makes it worldwide. <clears throat> yeah, streaming. get your music streaming. Yeah, yeah. So physically, you can't go there, but streaming take you there. So yeah. take you there. Make, yeah. make it work. Well, so. we, we need to see you in the states. We got we got a <laughs> campaign. Yeah, yo, listen. What, what camera? Right in this camera. Listen. Nicole, yeah. make a call. Yeah. <laughs> we need Bounty Killer in the states. Preferably in New York City. Brooklyn. We need them in Brooklyn. Yeah? Clap it up for that. Clap it up for that. Yeah, yeah we need him in Brooklyn. We need, he needs his own float. Yeah. In the, in the, in the parade. Thanks. Oh, we need him in the, in the Labor Day parade. We need him in the Labor Day no, parade. No, but you know that's my thing. I'm always on it. The man of the people. The, the, yeah. flo- the, the Labor Day parade? I miss that. You forget? You never used to see me on the parade? How old are you? At 97 truck, that's our truck. They need you, man. Elephant, it. man. Elephant, man. Baby sham, all of us. You got, you got keep rich, everybody. Yeah. We got to make a call. Eastern Parkway, it's not yeah. the same. Not the same. No, it's not the same, but we're going to make a call. We got to yeah. make a call. We got to get them back. We gotta, yeah, that's the favorite in New York. We're going to create a hashtag for it. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're going to create a hashtag for it. Nah. But I'll build there soon. I know. I'll soon get there. I'll soon get there. But nah, I, I appreciate you, Joe brother, Biden man. working on it. Let him know, Joe. This is, this, hey, yo, this, is know. This, this is definitely very enjoyable. What would you like to leave the people with? Other than I know you got the album coming out. Anything else that you're working on? or want to let let the people know, be aware of. Oh well, the most interesting thing is really my album, getting out the album right now, and and I'm about to sign a new publishing deal with Concord Publishing and. 
I, I'm about to get some more dance hall in the soul of the yeah. people because there's a, there's a competition now. They're coming to trap all and confusing the people in the world if this is the new song of Jamaica. And it, it's so not. There's trap music in Jamaica? Who's yeah, you got some local trappers. No problem with it, but it's not the new sound of Jamaica. It's just a sound that Jamaican plays. It's making now. Yeah, you yeah. understand? That's yeah. why. I, that's how I want him to tell people. Don't tell. This can't be no new sound. It's an old sound from overseas that you playing with. This can't be our new sound. Some sound that came from some other place. No, all our sounds are our creative sound. Is original. Yeah. You understand? So they playing with it in the country, but we have the real family. Dance, song, and that's what the people know, and that's what they want. Songs, uh, rhythms like Diwali. You understand? Mm. Yeah. So, who's some of the artists that you like that's coming up? Younger artists. Oh, the younger ones. <clears throat> you got so many great young artists. My favorite young artist them now is really Dexter Dap, Coffee, Proto J, Chronix, Massica. Mm. And even more recent now, you got one named Yaska. Younger ones, Nation Boss, and Tenti. Couple of younger youth, we are, we are the good. Mm. But there are so many young ones. But those are my little pick for now, so far. But there are always talents coming up in Jamaica. And everybody in Jamaica have music in their soul. They just don't discover it as yet. Yeah. So you never know. All the guy we used to walk in here selling yelling. You seen Bo? Are you gonna be working with him? He said that he was trying to work with a lot of artists and do like a DJ Well, you see Bo is my virgin and he's a fan of mine and he's getting into the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Seriously. like it. Yeah, yeah, so who to tell? And then he's working with Dave Kelly, one of my legendary yep, producers. Yep, 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 yep. So you never can tell. That's yeah. Madhouse, right? Yeah, yeah so yeah. who to tell? I'm willing to be a part of any project he's putting out because uh, I'm a supporter of him. And I like the fact that he's supporting that music too. Yeah, and he yeah. never, he's not doing music to make shit. He's just making music he's to just make music. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to see him in music. Yeah, that's a, a lot of people try to bash him and all that, but why are you going to bash him? Yeah, it's too And then no, he's a music lover. Yeah. He is a music guy. I met Yusin as a young sprinter when he was just coming up at the club, at the <laughs> asylum. That's where we became familiar with each other yeah. in parties. And he was always on the dance floor doing the dances. Them, that's why you see him always doing dance. And that's him naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not putting on any front or going like, oh, I go man, take up music for people. See, no, he loves music. He's one of the biggest music supporters. He's a big Gaza fan. Remember, everybody knows him, support vibes, cartel to the end and all these things. Yeah, yeah. You understand? And he's a big fan of Bounty Killer to him, a big fan of everybody on True Cartel and favorite. You understand? And mm. Jamaican, I know all of have a favorite and favorites. Oh, I'm right. a favorite of the favorites. I'm Cartel Fiance, I'm over there, your artist. And you can't bunt your yards and be as the artist. You have to pick a side. There's all Jamaican artists in It's like Jay-Z and Yeah. Jamaican say, oh, you feel of cartel, I'm of others, your artist. Because they're great artists. Right. If no man say you have to take a side, it's politics. Music and politics. Jamaican. politics in the music. Nah, this is very enjoyable, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you for your hospitality. You're uh, welcome, like man. I said, man, it's always an honor when we get to speak to legends. Absolutely. And this is right up there with, you know, anybody. It's going to be a legendary moment. This is yeah, the greatest yeah. moment. Ten years after, when the kids look at it, 
Yeah, That's absolutely. a fact. Archive. Exactly. Fact. Archive in history. <laughs> Troy, anything you want to say? I want to say J A M Jamaica. Bullet kaboom. Jamaicans live up ya. All right, yo, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Y'all know how proud to pay program. And shout out to everybody that is a tier five member there. They have access to EYL University, the number one school for everything in the business world. So shout out to all the earners, over the 9,000 of y'all. We love y'all dearly. And shout out to the entire merch team. Shout out to the entire production team. This is our first outdoor interview. It was a crazy one. Um, yeah, we love y'all. Y'all know how we play. Love is love. Yeah. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to the whole team. Shout out to my brother Alex. Shout out to Safari for making this happen. And shout out to Jamaica, man. It's been nothing but love. We definitely gonna come back here and do some events here. And, um, you know, it's all love. So thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.